Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Peace family is 19 Keys with the 19 Keys podcast. You're listening to a high-level conversation. Tap in. All right, a word from one of our sponsors. Make sure you tap into Goldwater Products. After you come listen to the information, you're going to need your memory stimulated so you can download everything in that prefrontal cortex. You want to make sure that hippocampus area of your brain that regulates mood, memory, and learning is fully functional and tapped in. Therefore, you want to tap into Goldwater. They have smart malls, sports malls, vitamin C malls, colloidal silver. They have just about everything that you, your child, and your whole entire family needs to stimulate your brain and your body and to make sure that your immune system is functioning. Before you tap into this great high-level conversation, listen to this song by Tezu Kulando called Goldwater. Peace family, it's 19 Keys, that's 19 Keys with electrical thought patterns and conversations, it's 19 Keys the podcast and I'm here with another special guest tapped in, the good brother Ishmael, man, like salam, man, Um, you know, I'm not a heavy introducer of my guests, I kind of like to let them tell their story, you know, if I'm sitting across somebody, it's something special and it's somebody special that's doing some real things out here that you need to be tapped into, um, Talking with you, my good brother, man, one of the things that I know, and we can, we don't get have to get into it in this part of it, but you share some really great Nipsey stories, man, and sometimes that you share, yeah. you know, uh, you know, the city, the world is still in a place of mourning, not just Nipsey, but of course Kobe Bryant, you got the Lakers hat on and everything, yeah. LA continue to lose angels, man. Um, so we can definitely get into some of those stories and you can share a couple of those with some people that I know. You know, just want to know a little bit more about Nipsey Roundabout, just from a person-to-person perspective. Right. But before we get into that, man, tell the people who you are, man. What do you do? I'm Ishmaeli, man. I'm one of the, I mean, if I, if I could summarize it, I'd say I'm one of the best digital marketers in the world. Okay, talk that talk. <laughs> I mean, it's facts, you know. Yeah. I specialize in a niche known as influence marketing. And um, in, in my career path, I've worked with Floyd Mayweather, DJ Khaled, and I was blessed enough to do some influence marketing deals with Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. Um, established somewhat of a mutually respectful, mutually respectable business relationship. And um, I mean, I was opportunate enough for him to address me as a business partner on social media. Did a couple of deals with um, some tech firms. Um, one that comes to mind is um, Vest. And um, that, that kind of like, Nipsey, Nipsey influencing that company when they, came to market, acting as an influencer, well, I wouldn't say acting, taking on the role of an advocate right. or an influencer was was very impactful in that company's trajectory. It's, it's worth, I believe, about $40 million right mm. now. So uh, Nipsey was actually the first person to articulate what the value they were bringing to the market was, which yeah. is allowing regular people to acquire the rights in, in a song. You know, as consumers, we listen to music, but we never really participated in right. the publishing aspect of it. So they kind of like 
disrupted that. And Nipsey really jumped on it because it kind of represented what he was about. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. going against the grain, yeah. cutting off the middleman, yeah. and just you know what I'm saying, like knowing your worth. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was definitely one of the most um, impactful people I ever met. Matter of fact, right? One time I was like, Yo, Nip, let's go watch a Clipper game. Yeah. I had an extra ticket. Yeah. I could have took a girl. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I could have yeah. took my son, but. I just, you know, like, you know how God had it, that was actually one of the most important moments where yeah. I was able to really bond with him. Because, you know, I don't care where you are, anyone's going to appreciate being invited to a Clipper game and sing on the wood. Yeah, Cost me yeah. a pretty penny, right? But I just wanted to really tap in with the brother and just let him know, and I'm glad I did that. Like, Great investment. Yeah, like, my, my guy, you're like my favorite rapper, man. Yeah. And he looked at me and he was like, I know you're not capping right now. I'm like, no, but for real, like, you're my favorite rapper. And I ain't no young boy, you know what I'm saying? I've been around for a couple of minutes, you know, so I'm like, like, I really, really connect with your words, like, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, and he was like, man, I appreciate that. He was like, I'll be honest with you, no one ever did this. And, and I think that kind of like strengthened the friendship. So the way I look at it is your network is your network. Mm -hmm. if, if, if someone through their spirit, their energy, their lyrics or whatever inspires you, you know, we're only here for a temporary moment. I think it's very important for you to give them the roses while they're here. Absolutely, and that's that's beautiful that you had that moment. Uh, I mean, not even just with celebrities. So many people don't really get that moment with people they admire in their own lives. Gotcha. That they just don't share that part of them that they really love. You know what I'm talking about? And what I've seen just in the past year uh, is a lot of love being expressed um, a, to masculine energy at the same time, which kind of makes it hard a lot of time for people to be like, man, I love you, I appreciate everything man, so you do, it's do powerful. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but you know, in our communities, we haven't been taught that level of expression. Yeah. So we've just gotten to a place to where we feel more comfortable because we're a little more, I, I wouldn't say more healed, but we're more empathetic, I think, generation, you know, mm -hmm. that's moving forward, that feels like, oh, these things aren't taboo. You know what I mean? Like, well, let me go ahead and give you my flowers because if you die, I'm damn sure gonna be trying to give them to you. That's fact. You know what I'm talking about? And that person can't take those. No, I mean, that's a valid point. I think a lot of it has to do with the way we consume information now. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we see things in real time. And so the dopamine and all the hormones. Yeah. You, know, you about to walk out? Nah, so. Um. <clears throat> So we was talking about giving people their flowers while they're alive, you know what I mean? And how, you know, you got the grand opportunity to be able to give Nipsey his flowers while he was alive, you know, and why that's so important. And how, you know, today's society, you know, uh, especially the stigma on, you know, masculine expression to other masculine beings, you understand me? And why that stigma definitely is starting to disappear a little more just because, I, for one, I think it's also because of social media and the breakdown of those community rules that we used to have in the hood. Like, nigga, you don't say this. You don't move like that. Social media allows us to see other people doing things that we normally, quote unquote, would, would think it was taboo. So once we see them do it, we kind of like respect them and like, wait a minute, they match them, we can do it. Yeah, I think I think things are more transparent. Yeah. But I think also the way we receive information is very different. Social media itself is very volatile. It's not what it used to be. Right. Like you got another generation coming along and you know they're 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 entitled the creator generation. Yeah. Because they grew up with a smartphone. 
Yeah. Born with it. Right. Born <laughs> with so, the, the generation born with social media, it lives an entirely different reality on how to utilize the tool. The brains, I'm sure if you do a brain scan and check their anatomy, it's got to be different. I remember when, like, the internet was really becoming a super household thing. Yeah. And there was uh, a segment on the news, and I was so young watching this. But they were saying how the children that's growing up with the internet, these devices did have like a different area in their brain that for was sure. developing. For sure. You know what I mean? For technology. Right. And this was like maybe 10 something years ago, even more than that. I'm and something it was before like social media awakening. No, for sure. There was a study done um, by a firm called Whaler, um, and they actually studied the brain when you see an ad from a social media influencer mm -hmm. versus a conventional ad on TV. And the brain reacts differently. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like when you see a TV ad, your brain kind of shuts down. Mm -hmm. That's when you got to go use the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, yeah. It's kind of disruptive, you know, because it's linear. They're actually interrupting your flow. Right. But when an influencer is actually selling a product to you, you're engaged with them. Right. You have a chance to interact with them. Right. And you have a chance to say, I don't like that. You know, you, you have a chance to be a part of the whole process. Yeah. In China right now, they're doing live streaming. You know, Kim Kardashian just did something with a Chinese influencer um, on a platform called Taobao, mm. where they sold 15,000 bottles of fragrance, her fragrance, in one minute. Mm. I mean, that's where the world is going. Yeah. Barney's in Beverly Hills and shit yeah. now. But Kim Kardashian is selling <laughs> you perfume know, across the world in a minute. You know what I mean? That, that, that <laughs> brings me to a thought process because... A lot of times, you got a lot of conscious influencers that speak on politics. Politics, a lot of times, can stop business. You know what I mean? Politics and business don't mix well. You understand me? So when you have like people who are commentators of politics, they often are left without, even though that they have grand influence right. and sometimes a court-like influence, they're left without the ability to monetize because they can't utilize their influence in the same manner as somebody that just provides escapism. But when you get into the international arena, international business cares less about local politics. This there you go. You know what I'm saying? So that's where the opportunity lies is you take the influence you have over here and you connect it internationally. They don't care about the shit that they tripping off of because you got to be political. It doesn't, mean shit, so it it doesn't translate. <laughs> you know, you got a point that I never thought about like that. I mean, <clears throat> this is the time, probably the first time in history. Yeah. Where you could literally slide in anybody's DM. Mm, beautifully. And they, you could tell that they seen your message. Right. Just think about that. Right. Anybody. Right. Trump, you could tweet him right now. I bet you will tweet back. Yeah. You talk shit. Right. <laughs> People <laughs> actually take that. You know what's funny? We take it for granted. Yeah. Think about. You have access to everybody. Think about leaders of the past that existed that we admire and we aspire to try to be like. Yeah. And if they had an Instagram today, people probably wouldn't even DM them. You understand me? Because we take things for granted that are here in front of us. That's like why I said, there's a new generation. Death add value. You know, you're right. there's, there's a new generation that takes it for granted because they were born with it. Mm -hmm. They don't know any other reality. See, I came in an era where I remember when MySpace was the only gig in town. Yeah. And then there was a huge migration to Facebook. First it was resistance. It was like, no, I'm used to this. Yeah. I'm, I'm popping over here. Why am I supposed to go start new real estate in another state, so to speak, right? Right. <laughs> and, and, there was what was that? It was something before Black Planet. Planet. Mm -hmm. Black Planet, of course. And, and these things are happening in our lifetime. Yeah, it was like, another one. Like middle school. In the hand there, that was one of them. Which yeah. one? 
I mean, it was the, the point of social media is here to stay. Yeah. And, and the, where the disconnect is, is people don't understand that we are supposed to monetize social media. Absolutely. If you don't monetize social media, social monetizes media monetizes you. you. Exactly. And that's why Mark Zuckerberg is a billionaire. People just read the headlines. They don't right. really try to reverse engineer what's going on. Facebook, um, I'm sorry, YouTube, for example, just announced for the first time ever that they did $15.15 billion in just YouTube ads. Mm. We didn't even talk about pay-per-click. Right. right. I don't want to get to... And <laughs> now they're becoming a sales-based company. Like, they're not the open source to where you just put out all your creative rights, talk about whatever ads. you want to. Yeah. They're cutting out the influencers. Exactly. And they're going directly to those channels that's bringing them big revenue, and they're making sure that they divert that attention to them. Because it's big business now. And and they're actually becoming kind of like regulators as well, because regulators are under, you know, bumper. Um, you got companies like Facebook that, I mean, for lack of better words, suppress freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. Like, there's certain things you can't say. Absolutely. And, and, and there's certain ways they have checks and balances to make sure right. you, your, your message isn't amplified, at least on their platform. Right. Um, and even if you don't have any kind of controversial content or context, they still, at the bottom, the bottom line is they're trying to monetize you. Yeah. And so it's one of those things also, people have to think of it like this, because, you know, we in the data race today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Data. You about to walk out? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we was talking about giving people their flowers while they're alive. You know what I mean? And how... You know, you got the grand opportunity to be able to give Nipsey his flowers while he was alive, you know, and why that's so important and how, you know, today's society, you know, uh, especially the stigma on, you know, masculine expression to other masculine beings, you understand me? And why that stigma definitely is starting to disappear a little more just because, I, for one, I think it's also because of social media and the breakdown of those community rules that we used to have in the hood. Like, nigga, you don't say this. You don't move like that. Social media allows us to see other people doing things that we normally, quote unquote, would, would think it was taboo. So once we see them do it, we kind of like respect them and like, wait a minute, they match them, we can do it. Yeah, I think I think things are more transparent. Yeah. And I think also the way we receive information is very different. Social media itself is very volatile. It's not what it used to be. Right. Like you got another generation coming along and you know they're 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 entitled the creator generation. Yeah. Because they grew up with a smartphone. Yeah. They were born with it. Right. <laughs> born with so the, the generation born with social media, it lives an entirely different reality on how to utilize the tool. The brains I'm sure if you do a brain scan or check their anatomy, it's gotta be different. I remember when like the internet was really becoming a super household thing. Yeah. And there was uh, a segment on the news, and I was so young watching this, but they were saying how the children that's growing up with the internet and these devices did have like a different area in their brain that For was sure. developing, For sure. you know what I mean, for technology. Right. And this was like maybe 10 something years ago, even more than that. And it was before like social media awakening. No, for sure. There was a study done um, by a firm called Whaler um, and they actually studied the brain when you see an ad from a social media influencer mm -hmm. versus a conventional ad on TV. And the brain reacts differently. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like when you see a TV ad, 
your brain kind of shuts down. Mm-hmm. That's when you gotta go use the bathroom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, it's kind of disruptive, you know, because it's linear. They're actually interrupting your flow. Right. But when an influencer is actually selling a product to you, you're engaged with them. Right. You have a chance to interact with them. Right. And you have a chance to say, I don't like that. You know, you, you have a chance to be a part of the whole process. Yeah. In China right now, they're doing live streaming. You know, Kim Kardashian just did something with a Chinese influencer um, on a platform called Taobao, mm. where they sold 15,000 bottles of fragrance, her fragrance, in one minute. Mm. I mean, that's where the world is going. Yeah. Barney's in Beverly Hills and shit yeah. now. But Kim Kardashian is selling <laughs> you know, perfume across the world in a minute. You know what I mean? That 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 brings me to a thought process because a lot of times you got a lot of conscious influencers that speak on politics. Politics a lot of times can stop business. You know what I mean? Politics and business don't mix well. You understand me? So when you have like people who are commentators of politics, they often are left without, even though that they have grand influence right. and sometimes a court-like influence, they're left without the ability to monetize because they can't utilize their influence in the same manner as somebody that just provides escapism. But when you get into the international arena, international business cares less about local politics. This, there you go. You know what I'm saying? So that's where the opportunity lies is you take the influence you have over here and you connect it internationally. They don't care about the shit that they tripping off of because you got to be political. It doesn't mean shit. So it it doesn't translate. <laughs> you know, you got a point that I never thought about like, I mean, <clears throat> this is the time, probably the first time in history, yeah. where you could literally slide in anybody's DM. Mm, beautifully. And they, you could tell that they seen your message. Right. Just think about that. Right. Anybody. Right. Trump, you could tweet him right now. I bet you'll tweet back. Yeah. You talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> People actually take that. You know what's funny? We take it for granted. Yeah. Think about you have access to everybody. Think about leaders of the past that existed that we admire and we aspire to try to be like. Yeah. And if they had an Instagram today, people probably wouldn't even DM. You understand me? Because we take things for granted that are here in front of us. That's like why I said, there's a new generation. Death add value. No, you're right. There's, there's a new generation that takes it for granted because they were born with it. Mm-hmm. They don't know any other reality. See, I came in an era where I remember when. MySpace was only in town. Yeah. And then there was a huge migration to Facebook. First it was resistance. It was like, no, I'm used to this. Yeah. I'm, I'm popping over here. Why am I supposed to go start new real estate in another state, so to speak, right? Right. <laughs> and, and, there was, what was that? It was something before. Black Planet. Yeah. Black Planet, of course. And, and these things are happening in our lifetime. Yeah, was another one like middle school. In a hand that was one of them. Yeah. Which one? I mean, it was the the point is social media is here to stay. Yeah, and and where the disconnect is is people don't understand that we are supposed to monetize social media. Absolutely. If you don't monetize social media, social media monetizes you. Exactly. And that's why Mark Zuckerberg is a billionaire. People just read the headlines; they don't really try to reverse engineer what's going on. Facebook, um, I'm sorry, YouTube, for example, just announced for the first time ever that they did $15.15 billion in just YouTube ads. Mm. We didn't even talk about pay-per-click. Right. And now they're becoming a sales-based company. Like, they're not the open source to where you just put out all your creative rights, talk whatever you want to. They're cutting out the influencers. And they're going directly to those channels that's bringing them big revenue, and they're making sure that they divert that attention to them. Because it's big business now. And and they're actually becoming kind of like regulators as well, because regulators are under, you know, bumper. 
Um, you got companies like Facebook that, I mean, for lack of better words, suppress freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Like there's certain things you can't say. Absolutely. And, and, and there's certain ways they have checks and balances to make sure right. you, your, your message isn't amplified, at least on their platform. Right. Um, and even if you don't have any kind of controversial content or context, they still, at the bottom, the bottom line is they're trying to monetize you. Yeah. So it's one of those things also, people have to think of it like this, because, you know, we're in the data race today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Data Absolutely. rules the world. Data you know what I'm talking about? Gold. So people think about social media as being free. It's not free. It's just that you're the product. Right. You understand me? Every time you utilize it, you give it more data. You feed into the algorithm. They get to sell that. Facebook was just sent the cease and desist letter to, I forget, some company that was stealing all of the facial recognition photos off of Facebook. Uh, so you got to think of it like this, right? They just had to where Apple said that uh, uh, it just came out that Apple was actually slowing down the phone. So they just had to settle for like 25 minutes. 27 million. 27. But we've been pennies. We felt it. Super pennies. Everybody already They make that in less than an hour. The product <laughs> that they made off of that, that's nothing. That's tax money. You know what I'm talking about? So these big companies don't care about the fines. They're going to continue to do things that are against your rights in order for them to be able to win. You know what I mean? That's how you create the, you cannot create a billion or a trillion dollar company being fair. Yeah, you got to step on somebody. And unfortunately, we've been the one stepped up the most. Yeah. And this is really a, a, a great time, you know. Like, I'm trying to let, you know, my brothers know this is our time. This is the first time ever where we can monetize our content. This is the first time ever where we can amplify our content. <clears throat> this is the first time ever we can build our own networks. Yeah. You know, we can we can run an OCC platform right, right. now. You can take your own podcast and, and take the same message across the other side of the world and, and give people access to it. And it's however worth more. You, yeah, however you decide. So it could be on a subscription basis, it could be on an advertising revenue. Right. But the point is, ain't nobody gonna teach us this shit. We gotta teach ourselves. Right. So part of my agenda is is basically sharing what I've learned in social media when people are calling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm excelling <clears throat> at a niche that is on an incline right now called influence and marketing. Um, I'm actually organizing an event in a couple of weeks at the LA Convention Center, expecting over 1,200 people. I got the Federal Trade Commission coming, um, the lead of influence and marketing at Nike, Alibaba is my title sponsor from China, um, the owner of Trilla, which is an emerging social media mm-hmm. app that they got what 26.5 million active users, monthly active users. Um, like I, I'm really, really at the core of this industry because I'm personally fascinated by it mm. and I'm passionate about it because I recognize that it's a gold mine. Yeah. And you know, your network is your network. So I'm, I'm bridging all these people together and we're sharing content because at the end of the day, nobody got a degree in social media. Last time I checked. No, I would say there's some people who do. Whoever been doing it for the last four years, experience. eight years, the experience is the year. There's 17 year olds right now doing phenomenal things. The, the highest paid, great. highest paid YouTuber is an eight year old. He's been the highest paid since he was six. Think of it like that. <laughs> who would be qualified to teach social media? As I'm talking about on a professor level. Actually, I'll, I'll take that back. They actually have schools. There's a school in Italy called eCampus. You can verify this. They charge thirteen thousand dollars 
for um, a degree in social media. I wouldn't get that shit. It's bullshit. It's super. They, it's the same way. They don't have the, <laughs> they package the you probably learning from a teacher who got a thousand followers and never monetize any content, don't have product services, any Can't different thing, don't have any influence. Like, these are people that can give you information, they can give you data, statistics, right. but they can't teach you how to scale. Right. You understand me? Real world modeling. Things are constantly changing, so the education system is always outdated because the world is constantly progressing. You just got you a goddamn degree in social media <laughs> six months ago, but the algorithm just changed. Yeah, they don't got a new emerging platform comes. They, they got a new one called Bike. Yeah, they so you at. <laughs> and, and I also wanted to make this point. Uh, just because everything in this conversation is in the world of social media, so any, I, I guess every this conversation is for everybody, to be honest, because everybody should be creating content. Everybody is their own brand, depending on whether you make it money or not. It's up to you. You some people got nonprofit businesses. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, but there's a thing called uh, that I like to call the influencer foreign exchange, right? Mm -hmm. And what this is basically saying is that your influence can be worth more in other places. That's real. Right? So when I went to the UK, that's when I understood the influence of foreign exchange. It's like our money is worth less out there, but our influence is worth more. Right? Especially as a conscious influencer, right? Or a thought leader, however you want to kind of take that. Yeah. When I went out there, the way we was able to galvanize the people was unlike anything we've seen from out here. Right. For one, you have to understand if you go out there, they have no black leadership in its essence that we've had a script of black leaders that we right. can think of in the last 100 years. We've had tens and tens, hundreds and hundreds of them. Different. And some super big heavyweights. Right. How many have they had? Zero. Right. right? So that's 2.5 million black people out there that don't have leadership. So when you go out there, it's like gold. Like finally somebody that came over here. But the influencers haven't get their passports and they haven't went over there and exchanged their influence at right. a higher rate and a higher exchange. Right. And this exchange, you can do that in country to country to see how much you work. Your influence is worth more once you go over there. And you know what's crazy? You can literally tap into the whole world from your smartphone. You ain't even got to go there. You can literally connect with people over there. With, with social media, you can target people with your content to any geographical Absolutely. and amplify it. You yeah. can literally sell merchandise to people and focus on a specific region in the world. So Yeah, you can create a a, a global business. You understand? I mean, you're a good example of, uh, of that. Absolutely. You know, you, you, you're vertically integrated. You got the media thing going. You got the, the products. And the more people, the more you share wisdom with people, the more you teach, the more you take the place as a thought leader, yeah. the more trust you build with people. Absolutely. And, and, and that familiarity turns into transactions. Yeah. You know, and you're allowed to monetize on that. Yeah. So it's not just so going out to speak to people, it's about impacting people by example. See, <laughs> what you do is you create two filters. There's a social media filter that people know you by, right? right? But then when you meet people, it creates a second filter when they meet you in real life. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Now, when you can do that with people, as an influencer that moves around, that meets people, that creates a legacy, right. right? When people meet you in real life, besides them having to only take the information of them viewing you and observing you from online. It's the same thing with people. Right. If you meet a girl and you're looking at her, she got ass and titty pictures, it right. look great. You know what I'm talking about? She may occasionally throw up some art. All you know about her, she got great a body and she likes art. Then you meet her in person. Right. Now it creates a second filter, right? right. right? Now you get to know her personally, how she feels, and she's really connected to that. 
it becomes a more roundabout. Right. I believe that all influencers have to create a second filter for themselves. Yeah. That's when to outlast your legacy because guess what? If that Instagram disappears and it's a new platform, what is the second filter that's going to make me follow you on the other one? Because if that disappeared, you can disappear. Well, that's real. And don't get caught up in the dopamine. There's a lot of young people out here. They, you know, they, they take pride in the fact that they got a good following, but they don't even know how to monetize their platform. Yeah. Or they don't understand that, you know, you can make impact with your platform. I'll give you an example. If you shoot a piece of content, just the decision of what platform you put it on, you know, determines the output, right? Right. If you put it on an OTC platform where people can watch it on your channel, and don't think that's impossible. It's not impossible. Right. Now, for those who <laughs> don't know, I know OTC. But can you OTC, tell? OTC, over the top, um, over the top devices. You know, like when you're on Netflix, Roku, Apple TV, PlayStation, mm -hmm. you can literally put content that you create mm -hmm. the same way someone would have to have a BC back in the day. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like we have access to technology right now where we can create our own platforms. Right. A, a good example is a brother that owns a network called the Zeus Network where he has a bunch of creators. Yeah, I just met that brother. Yeah, I would love to meet him, by the way. He has a bunch of creators that bring their own content that would traditionally be on YouTube, can't pay crumbs for it, right? right? Now they're using the YouTube channels, the native social media platforms, YouTube or Instagram, as a way to tease people to watch the full content. Right. People are paying $3.99 a month or $40 a year. And that's a good example of monetizing your content man see this is how you this is how you monetize a movement and a revolution if you want to so take this let's say if you have 10 people who are social activists right and they all got a hundred thousand some got 200 some some got three hundred thousand now they not only making money in their social activism but they have mass influence and they have monumental trust from the people Right. Now, imagine if instead of them going to BET or somebody network trying to pick up them to follow them around and create a show around it, they could do what you just said kind of with the whole Zeus model. They could say, wait a minute, together, Combine we got three million, you understand me, let's create a show. Right. Their followers is going to pick that up because they're going to be like, instead of putting everything on here, I'm yeah. going to put clips on here that's going to become previews and commercials that provide and send you to the platform. Nipsey also always talked about, you know, the vertical integration, ownership, ownership, ownership. Right. If we don't own it, we don't want it. If we don't own it, we don't rule it. You understand right. me? Right. Those who have power are those who have rulership. Those who have rulership are those who control the workforce. You understand me? During the initial industrial revolution, of course, you look at the workforce was like horses, right? And then the machines came. It made it changed the workforce, but everybody didn't have access to machines. Right. Today, everybody has access to those machines. Right. So the access puts the power in the hands of the people. So now you are able to create wealth. You understand right. me? Decentralized wealth because the power holders can't handle it. So I always tell people on these platforms, it's not about freedom of speech. It's about power. It's about because the one who owns it controls your freedom of speech. It's about controlling the narrative, too. Um, I think... When you really, really analyze what's going on right now, you know, I said something that kind of went over everybody's head earlier. Not everyone, most people. I got a small audience now. You just gonna kill my audience. No, like no, that. no, most no, people. Sure. And, and this is outside, of, even outside of this. I have my brother uh, Idris Sandu on here. He's one of my, my we had a high level conversation. Yeah, I think what, what people just, you know, we read headlines and we don't even take the time to absorb them. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're so desensitized. Like, we don't take the time to go, what the fuck did I just read? Yeah. No. That's 100% <laughs> true. I always say that. We at this point in time right now, because we've been exposed to so much information, right. our consciousness have expanded to a point that we don't even realize. Yeah, we can if you seen a robot walking down the street right now that looked like one of them Transformers, you would only be tripping probably for the next 30 minutes. Yeah, you just want to count. You just that. want to show people. Yeah. That's it. After that, you're gone. Now, if this was the 60s, 70s, 80s, that shit would be mass hysteria. Like, what the hell was that? Yeah. The danger in this is the fact that, of course, we live in a, a polarized uh, reality. Social media creates polarization. That's gotcha. what you get with Donald Trump. That's what you get with Gail King with these interviews, these polarizing moments. The algorithm creates. It rewards you for being polarized. You understand me? It rewards you for creating an argument, for being aggressive, to having that bias. You understand me? It wants you to keep doing that because that makes more people interact. Unfortunately, people interact more when they disagree when they do agree. A person could follow you for a whole three years. The moment they disagree with something, I'm commenting on this. Where was you at? Do the rest of the timeline. It's it's all scientific though. It's it's it, absolutely it's, it's, it's the dopamine, brother. You know what I'm saying? Like people are like I said, this is the first time where we're able to actually have a two way engagement in the conversation on, on media. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it was like this is a meeting. It was at seven o'clock. They tell you what they're gonna tell you. It was linear, yeah. right? Now it's like I can go. I don't want to hear this. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Let me go on Netflix, and it's more yeah. interactive. But when, when now we're in the post Netflix era. You feel what I'm saying? Like we're going into a different stage in media where you're an influencer, I'm an influencer, whoever's watching this is an influencer. But we can actually increase our influence consciously, right? And deliberately. Right. I can decide to open up a YouTube channel tomorrow if I don't have one. Right. Right? And it's gonna make a you know, it might make a big decision in the trajectory of my life, yeah. depending on my content. It's not a matter of luck anymore. No, and, and, and we we can do this at uh, Jeremy Rifkin, the uh, theorist economist. He talks about zero cost economy, at zero uh, marginal cost. So let's say you know uh, you put a YouTube video out tomorrow, you get you a billion views. You understand me? Now you already got your fixed cost on your phone that you shot it with. You know what I mean? You right. have to pay you a hundred dollars or whatever. You took that video of you doing something stupid or funny or talented and you put it up there, you get a billion views. The server is going to handle all that data for you and going to stream that to a billion people and it costs you zero. That's right. You understand me? And you monetize it and be able to make however much money off that. Right. The zero marginal cost economy changes the way we look at things. In a way, it also changes the, the sharing economy and how we share information and how we share things with each other because right. it didn't cost me anything. It didn't cost me anything. So now, at a time, the people who had all the power, because streaming that to a billion people would have cost so much, the only people who could have did it was the people who had the money, who could afford it. Right. But so when you understand the zero cost economy, it says, wait a minute, it cost me zero dollars to empower you. Why wouldn't I do it? Right. The mindset that shifts and the sharing economy is saying that, wait a minute, I don't need to own it. I just need to have access. That's what we consider more uh, freedom today. Is that we, 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 I just want access. If everybody's here, give me access to it. I don't want to be an individual on my own. That was the, the autonomy back in the day. That's what freedom was. Right. Today's freedom is access. I don't need to own a car. I just need Uber. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when we look at the zero cost economy or zero marginal cost, 
that's important to be able to look at how we can scale any model, right? 10 business owners can support each other with no cost to each other, but they can all scale by giving each other access to each other. That's true. You understand me? So even with companies, they understand that for one, the influencer has the power, right? Because they hold your customers, right? right? They trust them by your customers. Exactly. And they can take a, a segment of your customers that's been shopping with you for the last 10 years, tell them not to, and you cut them off. That's facts. So they have to go, and it's more important. I mean, everybody is taking data for this reason, but they have to go directly through the influencers in order to get to the people that they influence. And I think when people hear the word influencers, it, it, it has different meanings. You know? So I'm gonna ask you a question. In your opinion, what is an influencer? Donald Trump is an influencer. Okay, you don't think, you think, you think uh, his wife is an influencer? You think he's... She's an influencer for sure. Okay, so is influence a synonym for famous? Um, in a sense, yes. I think you can categorize different type of influences, okay. right? Because there's people who are famous that don't have influence. For sure. You understand me? And there can be somebody who seen with less so-called followers, but they have more influence. So, because they can make more impact on people. They can say, hey, go here, and people will actually show up. Buy this, and people will actually buy sure, it. For sure. It's because for some people, like, they look at figures, and that's who I aspire to be. Right. You understand me? So it's a difference between like being famous, being known, and then being someone somebody wants to be. Right. Or you're the person I go for my information. You're the person I go for my opinion. You're the person that I actually trust. Right. So I would I would categorize them different as far as the type of influencer you are. You know what I'm saying? Because like you say, you know, there's people with mean meme pages. There's people that are that just virtual, provide escapism. Dude, there's virtual influence. This there's something called Lil Michaela. You can look it up. What is it? AI? It's it's virtuous it's CGI. It's a virtual influencer. And the reason or the rationale behind that is Oh, I think I've I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like a it looks kinda of human, but it's it's a bot. Right. And, and the, the reason behind that is okay, if I'm a brand and I wanna get say a Cardi B or whatever to represent me. I don't want to. I want to be able to sleep at night and, and hope she don't get a DUI, for example. You know what I'm saying, like, and, and tarnish my image because that has a real measurable impact on a brand's bottom line. Yeah. So in the future, what we define as influencers will actually be more of a wider range. I, I have a theory that everyone's an influencer, and everyone collectively we have influence, right? So collectively we can influence what a brand you know, sells to us. We can reject yeah. it or we can accept it. And I think that with the social media mediums, we have a platforms, we have an opportunity to actually express our influence. Uh, but what, there's a disconnect because we're very distracted. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I feel like it's very important for people to understand that you actually are a creator. Yeah. Every single time you take a filter, every single time you pick a phone and look at yourself and get the right angle, you're creating. And someone is monetizing that content, right? So I think people need to go deeper into the discovery of how do I monetize my content? You know, how do I capitalize on my influence? How do I build my influence? Well, I'm going to tell you this. This is something that I got. Um, and I have a, a book coming out called The 19 Seas of Content. And it talks about the uh, content industrial complex is what I call it. Right. So the way it works is this, of course. You create content. Um, content gets you the attention. 
You know what I mean? The attention is what you can utilize to get people to service, products, goals, whatever you want to drive them to. It's basically how you're able to get capital. Right. You take that capital and then you create more content. You know what I mean? Now that you create more content, it gets you more attention. The circle continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, basically, what I just explained is what everybody is doing. You understand me? It's all a circle. It's like a snake that's eating its tail. It just constantly grows and grows and grows. The more you feed it, the more you feed it, and you're trying to figure out how to that feedback loop. How do I get more attention? You understand me? So I can get more capital, so I can make more content. And then it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And if a person can understand that model, then they understand why they're making content and how to monetize it. If you can learn how to monetize the content, like you said, you'd be more incentivized to create more content, even better yeah. quality content. So people need to change his mindset, especially here in LA. We have so many people that come from all over the world and they're like, I'm going for an addition. I'm not knocking LA that. and pe- people in LA be bullshit. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why. Why? Because there's too many talented people in LA that don't make content. They, oh, Here's the why. I'm waiting for someone to use them for content. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I practice abstract entrepreneurship. People out here practice technical entrepreneurship. Technical. So abstract entrepreneurship is, well, look, first let me get into design thinking or creative thinking. If I ask you to draw this right. and you draw it exactly as it is, it's called technique. Right. right? But if you ask Basquiat to draw this, he might put blotches of green with a little white, you know what I mean? It's going to be abstract. Right. Now, abstract is basically the opposite of technical because it requires emotion it requires uh creativity more so you know what i mean so you still get the same feel you understand me but you did it in an abstract manner so today entrepreneurship if i tell you boom uh instagram is actually a platform for you know uh sharing photos now some people is going to do it the technical way i won't go in here and share photos the abstract people go, wait a minute, I'm about to utilize this to make me some money. You understand me? I'm going to create content. Yeah. So if you a model or you an actor, right, you could be uh, waiting for somebody to give you an audition, right? Or you can think in your abstract, wait a minute, what do I actually want from this? Do I want to be famous? Do I want to act? What do I want? So if I figure out what my goal is, then all I got to do is figure out how do I extract it. I don't have to go the technical route, go get me auditions, go do none of this. Yeah. I could make myself an influencer, and now I got these people coming to me, and they put me in a row because of who I am, which is what's happening. Right. You understand me? A lot of influencers, they ain't even going to auditions. The people coming to them and casting, yeah, I mean, that's what's happening in the they taking yeah. abstract Absolutely. routes to get their shit done. I mean, I, I, LA, don't, I want to finish this point. Ahead, Just because in LA... And all over, but especially out here, it's a city with so much talent. But the actors are not acting on their own. They're not creating content that's compelling to where I can see that range. You see LMA, she got picked up on social media because she was putting out content exercising her talent. She was emotional. She wasn't waiting on, I'm not sure what the hell you wait on at this particular point. You just got to go and do it. But... The technical thinking is what we learn from public school systems. Exactly. It teaches you memorization techniques. It teaches you to follow instructions in order. And that's why Google and different companies aren't hiring people that have degrees. You understand me? Because they're stuck in technical thinking. They can only follow one route. And they need innovators and people that can teach um, how you actually utilize this technology in a creative way. So without that utility of it, then, of course, the technology is is useless, kind of like blockchain. Right now, blockchain is it's not stalled, but it's waiting on somebody to be like, what's the mass adoption of it? Yeah. 
and that's going to take somebody not in the tech world, somebody that's abstract, to fuck around and become a coder that can tell you, wait a minute, why don't we use it like this way? It's, it's, it's a synergy of the abstract and the technical side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if the abstract entrepreneurs today <laughs> learn the technical side, right, right. game over. Magic, yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, like we was talking about, you know, I do a lot of organic, uh, I get a lot of organic traffic. Right. So the technical way would be more so following the route of, wait a minute, you need to go ahead and do ads and, and boost up your engagement. And I'll tell you why. And build a company this way. Right. If I was able to do it the organic, I mean, the uh, abstract way, ooh, the technical way would be magic. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's a no brainer to me. Like, think about it, like Fashion Nova. Fashion Nova does $150 million a month, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't, they, they don't exist in the brick and mortar concept. It's, it's direct to consumer through social media influence. That's abstract entrepreneurship. You see what I'm saying? And they figured out, you know what I'm saying? Like we're gonna pay this person next amount of money and we're gonna give this person some, some sweats. Mm -hmm. And they've been able to create a structure because they have lead influencers right. that people look up to. There's a hierarchy of an influencer. Right, it's beautiful. Yeah. And so because Cardi B has validated this stuff, the girl in Idaho, the girl down the street, you know what I'm saying, the girl in New York, right. takes pride in Fashion Nova. Right. And she wears the clothes that cost a couple of bucks, not to knock their hustle, and thinks she's a model. Right. So she's releasing dopamine, she's validating her influence, right? And at the same time, collectively, that collective influence which is what, what I was trying to get at when I said everyone's an influencer. Yeah. A collective influence is making them wealthy. And, and so if you actually reverse engineer that, that can be applied in any vertical. Absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, eventually it's going to become the technical thing that you should be doing. Right. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt. And, and, you know, we all hear about this word algorithm, but how does it affect commerce? You know, say, for example, how many followers do you have? 50,000, right? You notice that there's a certain range. Of, Do me? Yeah. And I'm about to look. Oh, my bad. My, my father's that's a Where did this episode end? That's, a, that's six digits. My bad. My bad. No, for real. Like, you, should, you should get in the millions. And, and I'll tell you how. I'll be there. Because the, it's very easy. Especially when you're what when you're done organically, right? People that actually have businesses that actually create influencers. They literally yeah. have a 90 day relationship to get a million followers all real there are hacks for this Man, something... the record labels create influences and then turn them into rappers right there you go and vice versa yeah. now they're turning rappers into influencers right you know i had that conversation with nip about you know he was like you know i don't look at myself as a rapper and i was like you're a content creator i was like bro if you went right now and had a conversation and it was just a sit-down interview as long as you control that content you can't pay for the views the same way if you wore your best bars. Yeah. <laughs> but see, Nipsey practiced abstract entrepreneurship like when he put that mixtape out for $100. Technically, you ain't supposed to do that. That's some Picasso shit, legendary, right? Yeah, because that went against <laughs> the model of what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be putting that shit out for 99 cents. You're a single. You're yes, supposed to be making that shit for $10, $20. You know, it came back and did another album that was $1,000 a copy. Mm-hmm. And sold a couple of copies. Of I don't really know. Yeah, legendary man, the best they ever did as far as like, right now. There's so music. many. There's so many people. If they had some creativity left in them, they could do it. A lot of the content curators leave all their creativity in the content and not in the marketing or the branding strategy. Because and that's why they lose. Because both sides of the brain don't generally want to get. Right. That's what not everyone's a Jay Z. 
But that's where the team comes in. It's like, if you got you a team of like, all right, I put all my energy in making this. Now you put all your creativity and making sure that this is successful. Technical and abstract. Exactly. Yes, sir. I create these thinking models because a lot of people get stuck. And the thinking models allow you to be like, oh, I'm in my technical brain. Oh, now let me get in my abstract. And it allows you to manage yourself because that's basically what we, right now, all the content creators, all the influencers, and even the big companies are trying to figure this thing out as they go. So they're spending all of this money. Yeah. On the content influencers are spending a lot of money to create a lot of content. I mean, it's big money. Companies are figuring it out. Everybody needs a way to, how do I manage this shit in the shifting world? I'll give you so an that's example. why I come in and create thought patterns. So I'll give you an example. I watched the Super Bowl. I saw a Toyota Tacoma ad. And I was like, did they really pay $6 million for that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they got the bread. It's nothing soon. But if you have a fiduciary duty as a CMO of a large company like that, is that the best use of that money? Or is it an ego thing? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you get the visibility. I get it. But if, if the... If, if your KPI, right, your, your purpose was to um, create awareness, everyone knows what a goddamn Toyota is, right? But if you really want to move sales and you want your stuff to rise, imagine if Toyota came out with a, a thousand limited edition Toyota through any influencer. Their followers will more than likely find that car cool. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think there's a disconnect. It's like when you said, like you said, when they came out with the engine, Prior to that, what happened? People rode horses. Mm-hmm. It, it, it wasn't that easy. Some people said, you know what? Why don't we make faster horses? Right. Let's keep up with the engine. Right. And then force and it. Like, <laughs> Let's make a car. You know what I'm about? So, so, I mean, of course, you, you know, you have no, to that, stay that car is only going to be for rich people. Right. So, we we got to just bring faster horses. Thought the cars wouldn't last. Like, a car, do, do you nobody wants to be in them 10 things. It's not safe. What about right. you? It's, it's a, it, it's, I'd rather have a horse. It's an animal I can control it. Where are they at now? Right. So that's what we're in that, in that phase in media where the influencer is now the new media. Right. It's less billboards. Influencers are the media. It's just <laughs> hard for you to get out the technical thinking and keep looking at the news. Like it's because there's resistance. That's the resistance. The news has been an entity for so long. Right. Like just on a like an entity, of course, becomes a living thing after a while. It lives. Right. So once you have something like a big corporation that's an entity that's been around for generations, it's hard for you to break that way. That shit is in your DNA to interact with it a certain way. You give that automatic validation to things that you see on the news. Right. Whether you want to or not, it's programmed in you to interact with it that way. Right. The same way it's almost programmed in you to interact with a suit and think business. Right. You understand me? Design creates interaction. This is true. So when even though media has shifted, it's hard for people to view it with the current lens of what the reality of it is. It has to be branded to be like, oh, this is now media. And so you have to do it in a way to where if somebody's created content, if you take the exact formula that Forbes use when they create content, right? And you use the same exact heading, but you just change the words to yours. You right. use the date, you use everything in there. Right. People will force to be interacting with a certain sense of validation because they're used to seeing Forbes oh, in that right. design. That's right. So it's, it, it, so even in content, you have to be abstract in a way that you become creative to create your own validation. But you have to think about, wait a minute, society is programmed to validate certain things. So if I want them to view this thing based on the value that it actually has, then I have to also design it in the same pattern where people it are right now. Right. 
And so the one thing that sometimes you don't want to do as a content creator, as a company, or anybody, you don't want to be too ahead of your time. You got to be in time and on time and continue to change with time. You got to be relatable. Because if you go too far ahead, like some, like we like what Andre 3000 and them was doing, but they was too ahead of their time. And what happened was, is that by the time we caught up, they lost the inspiration. Yeah, they were burnt out. Exactly. So you don't want to be ahead of your time because you lose the people. You know what I mean? And companies are trying to figure out, let me not go too far. Let me see what the people are ready for right now. Let me see where the minds are right now. And there are certain entities that you're not going to disrupt until it's a big enough massive shift. And then people can now take, oh, your media is my news. Like what makes your sources less relevant or validated than the sources that I get from NBC or Fox News? That's true. And I, I think, I think you know, the fact that there's a new generation that's born with social media, the fact that we can... We can trace the steps now. There's going to be migration in social media platforms. We talked about how we went from MySpace to Facebook, um, or maybe Black Planet for some people, and then Facebook, and now it's from Facebook to Instagram, and now you got this new generation coming out with TikTok. Right. You know, and there was a time where it looked like Instagram was about to get knocked out by Snapchat. It's, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, so we're just getting dragged around to different pimps, yeah. to be honest with you, because we're giving them our data. They have a digital footprint on who we are. And the ones that actually pay us make are doing it in a very restricted manner. Right. It has to be a YouTube partner. Um, it's, it, it's, it's funny. When we think about the internet, we can create our own ISP. We can be our own internet service Absolutely. Providers. Absolutely. We just think of this shit as if... It's complicated. It's, yeah, and it's off to us. But when you actually look at how you do it, shit is simple. Exactly. It's nothing but money. When you see, let's say... I always think about this. Byron Allen, he was trying to buy the news company. Right. And he's a so-called billionaire, I believe. And he was so frustrated because he wanted to buy that company. I would never be a billionaire trying to buy into some I shit that I can own. make. Yeah. And it's so much easier. I mean, given that the Weather Channel, like I said, is a big entity. So there's a lot of equity. There's definitely value there. Yeah. And there's a lot of business infrastructure built on that that's connected and it owns other different things. So right. I understand that aspect of it. But it's not as disruptive as if you will create your own. With that same amount of money. You know, what it comes down to is awareness. We are, we need to be better informed because we, you know, the conventional educational structure doesn't teach us social media. Like right. That. So it's something where people are picking up, right? Not even just they don't teach social media, they don't teach abstract thinking. They don't teach you to be a exactly. So you, you to walk in that meeting and say, fuck what we talking about, let's <laughs> talk about this. Else, yeah. This is much better than what people are. All right, so at the essence of all this shit is the problem with creativity. At the age of two to four, 90% of children are creative. By the age of nine, like less than 10% of them are. Society kills your creativity, of course, of course. kills that voice that said, why not this way? Your own family will kill so creativity. As you grow up and you sitting in a business meeting with somebody, you might have a whispering creative voice that said, what if we do it this way? Because the it's creative crazy. voice is going to question things. Sure. The child is in you is saying that, why does it have to be like this? Why can't we do it like this? It's right. the inquisitive nature that we have to improve things or make it better. Right. So instead of that happening, you said, nah, this is the way things are. So those disruptors come in and be like, what the fuck? Why don't we do it this way? And then everybody listen like, hmm, let's try that. that. But that requires you to trust that person. That abstract. If you look at Kanye West, this nigga, excuse my language, but yeah, he's a nigga. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, when he came out with his clothing line, 
abstract thinking, homeless. He understood the shift that he was having, very polarizing, yeah. right? He knew that these these rich kids wanted to look like, you know what I mean, uh, rich bums. Right. You understand me? And then the whole fashion industry copied that same model, and he created a paradigm shift today. But it took somebody that you trust to come in with these creative moments. And even even as as, as genius as Kanye is, you know, he, he, you know, from a creative standpoint, there's still a lot of things that he, he probably wasn't paying attention. So I met Kanye. Um, I actually was privileged to go to Kanye's house with a friend of mine, Ron Cooley, who was working on the project with him. And you know, he asked me what I did. I told him I did influencer marketing, and I just told him I said, "Bro, man, like you're a legend to me, man. You gotta control your narrative better." I mean, like, that's just the only gem I left him. I think it kind of took it to heart because, you know, he mentioned one thing to me that I was like, he said, look, man, I have a spend. He said, what do you mean by that? I said, bro, if you were to Google yourself right now, you're not controlling what people are saying about you, right? They label you as a rapper. You are a fashion icon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you don't control your narrative, people are going to control it for you. I would. I mean, yeah. You make a. I mean, marketing is what I say about myself. Branding is what everybody said about you. you know exactly. I mean? So well, you're not there. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's definitely a hundred percent important. You know, I mean, legacy branding is an even different thing. You're thinking of. It, it has to be deliberate. Though. It has to be deliberate. Yeah. You have to control that information. Like right. for me, I think about my legacy. Right. right. Like this information, how how will it be viewed a hundred years from now? Now, at the same time, you have to understand with the content that we're creating, of course, the the sentiments of the way people think about what we're doing right now won't be the sentiments of the people in the future. Different reality. Completely different. The way we're viewing this, the way we're looking at this content will be completely different. Everybody doesn't care about longevity. So there's going to be some people that's just making it for the moment. And there's evergreen content. And there's some people that's making it for the movement. Right. You understand me? Because it has to be able to transcend time. Gotcha. Once you do that, it makes such a strong brand presence that when these fake uh, influencers that become AI digitized, like right now what they're doing with the deep that's, fakes, that's what I'm saying. there's going to be a lot of just, there's going to be AI influencers much bigger than real people. So the way you survive is to create a brand so strong that the algorithm can't write you out. And I was going to get to that. You, you brought up a very great point. They're creating virtual influencers, right? They're creating this meme pages. Yeah. Everything to take away your newfound power in social media. Yeah. Because, like I said, we have influence. Collectively, we have more influence. Right. But this is the new media. This is, you know, decentralized media. Right. I can watch what I don't want to watch. I can decline to watch something. I don't have to wait till five o'clock to change channel, right? So what's happening is that's that's creating a lot of concern for conventional media, mm -hmm. right? They're falling apart. Yeah, that shit is. You see what I'm saying? It's crumbled already. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for, um, you know, Spotify, the music industry was done, right? I mean, to an extent, right? We're always gonna still consume music, but the way we knew it was done. We right. wasn't buying CDs no more. Streaming came in and took that out of the game, right? So what's we're not done. Things things are still volatile. Things are still changing. And, and there, there are new realities in media right now, but there's still resistance because for change to happen, somebody has to take a big L. Right. Right? So what do you do when you take an L? You stretch it out. Structure and strategy all day. Right. That only lasts as long as the mindset of understanding the opportunities and the utilization of it is consistent. Right. So that's why, you know, people love a Gary Vee, right? But 
always say that sometimes it's too much Gary Vee and not enough Garvey, hmm. right? And I only say that in a sense that you have a lot of people that you, you see a lot of millionaires and billionaires now, they want to be influencers because they want to have a legacy. They want to be celebrities. Of course. The danger in that is they also want to be your influence. Because they recognize the power of being an influence. Right. Do you, do you know what you, you say? You, be, you may be better off with this guy who may be making $100,000 a year because he can he's more connected to your struggle that can give you better information. And have you noticed that the goofier you are, the more influential you are on social media? Well, yeah, you got to be able to, <laughs> you gotta be able to provide some escapism. But my point is, the goofier you are, the, the more relevant you are on social media because we don't control the algorithms. We don't the control so, the, the network. The algorithm you know what was mean? created by socially inept nerds who mostly likely were We'll see the world through different lenses. That different created their so. algorithm based off their mindset. And, and their agenda, which is to monetize these platforms. Right. I mean, they're, they're, these platforms are shitting billions, literally. You know what I'm saying? Today alone, people spend probably a couple hundred million dollars on advertising on these platforms. Yeah, I think that the time that we got now, we super irresponsible of not taking all the opportunities. It's like in the dot-com era of 95, when the IPO first came out with, with Netscape, our parents didn't know to invest into social media. That's the same year it was created. You understand me? They didn't know, like, oh, this is a good opportunity. Let me go buy all these dot-coms so it can be the oil boom. Exactly. They didn't understand that. Of course, we still in that time to where we don't understand what we can do with this technology because we haven't seen an example of it. And not in, in many different ways we have, but I mean an example, I guess, you know, it's, it, let's speak specifics towards, let's say, I always think in black, you understand me? So um, when we look at the black community, we say, wait a minute, and I'm sure a lot of other people is like, how are all these people following each other on social media and they haven't created no movement? How do they all know each other exists? Wait a minute. This person know this person exists and y'all not communicating. The only time y'all communicate is when y'all get angry about something that happens within y'all courtship. So it's our irresponsibility of how we utilize the social media right. that makes us not dangerous to the platforms. Because the platform's not trying to kick you off. You ain't dangerous. That's real. Yeah, I mean, they should be like, wait a minute, getting too much money over there. You know what I mean? Let's 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 change the algorithm. I don't like how they getting all that money. I don't like how they mobilize or how they mobilize. They just created a billion dollar corporation of our platform and we ain't did that. Nah, let's change things up. They they they, they watch those things and make those those adjustments. I mean, Facebook is coming out with this thing called a brands collab tool mm. that makes them an influencer marketing company. You know what the reason they took away likes is because of this. Mm. This is my theory, my opinion. These are not facts. This is just my assumptions and my observations, right? So they take away likes. Now, what happens is you question someone's matrix. You, you don't have that matrix right. to assess someone's influence, which is how many likes you got when you post. So now you don't have that information. That person right. has to actually give it to you, right? Um, that creates more of a burden right. for you to assess, right? So what do you do? You are less likely to use influencers and more likely to pay for responsive posts to amplify your content. Mm. Now, let's say you decide to insist that you want to use influencers. What Facebook is realizing is, well, $10 billion is going to be spent on influencer marketing in 20, 2020. Mm. They're like, man, fuck that. We want our piece of pie. Because right. that's been done behind their back. That's how they look at it. Like, 
this is you know our ecosystem. Right. You pay the influencer, they're cut out because yeah, you're giving them the platform. So you know what they do when they create a new tool that since they have all the data anyways, the brands can go out there and say, I'm looking for conscious influencers. I'm looking for male African American, 18 to 24, whatever, in Oakland to help me with a consumer package good. And they'll give you choices. You know what I mean? And so that's going to disrupt this new emerging industry called influence marketing industries. It's a lot going on. It's very volatile. Yeah, but it's, it's, one thing <laughs> pop up, another thing pop yeah, up. Yeah, that's why you got to say it's, it's, it's like the foreign exchange market. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Shit is day, constantly volatile and fluctuating. At the end of the day, I'm going to leave with this, right? If an eight-year-old, granted with structure, can make more than some of the highest paying NBA players, my brother, we can do the same. Absolutely. We just have to understand. Absolutely. And so I'm just trying to learn that game. If I, if, you know, I might be too old to apply that, but best to believe my seed is going to have to learn some, apply some of that in his life. Yeah, you're going to have to know it. To I'm going to have to know it to be able to provide that example. You got to give them the ABCs for them to even and, start and, understanding. And, and that goes to the fact that those of us that are parents, it's not all our kids that's going to make it to the NBA, right? Not all of them are actually gifted to be athletes. Or even if they are gifted or they can be groomed to be athletes, Maybe that's not their true purpose or their true passion, right? Maybe, you know, and not all of us come from a, you know, uh, what do you call it, a scarcity mindset where it's like all or nothing. If you don't go to the league or die. Right. I really, you know, kind of like reject that mentality. Yeah, those are those those dreams <laughs> that have been sold to us are being exactly as well. We don't we don't have to be these um, children are no longer picking who they want to be based on a box of ideas that have been sold to them. Because they have social media. They exactly. say, wait a Why nobody told me I could be a public speaker? Why nobody told me I could travel like around the world and, clan, and, and crown black men and women? Nobody told me that was an opportunity. As they say, 70-90% of the jobs that will be in the future haven't been created. They're mm -hmm. going to be created based on this generation learning how to utilize these tools and create their own jobs. I created my own job. That's mm -hmm. how I know there was no resume for me to do this. I just had to create it. You created your own job. That's real. You know what I mean? And if you don't, they're going to get you. You're going to be in trouble soon because artificial intelligence is impacting everything. Look, IR Radio just fired a bunch of DJs because they invest in this technology where they don't need a DJ anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't need Funk Master Flex yelling over a trap. You know what I'm saying? What's the, like, for real, why do I, I got to pay you millions of dollars to control the music that I'm already controlling anyway? But see, that's why that fun. <laughs> so you made a great point, and at the same time, a Funk's Master Flex will always have a job because he always has a brand. Because he builds a brand for himself. Right, but somebody else that doesn't have a strong brand is just out of the job. You're replaceable. Yeah, you know I mean, once yeah. you create a brand, you create a business. So nobody can replace you out your own business. Yeah, I'll give right? an example. I had a guy call me. He said, "Ish, I need your help." I said, "What's good?" He said, um, "You know, he went to Harvard. He's one of my mentors. His name is Joe Rogers." He said, "Look, my buddy uh, is gonna call you." needs your help. I was like, what happened? He said, yeah, um, he's been in corporate America for 25 years and his company's packing up and, you know, he's been looking for a job for about three months, went to Harvard Business School, you know, have a grad, undergrad, Harvard Business School, and he's surprised no one is calling them for an interview. And I was like, well, when you Google him, what do you find? And he goes, that's a good question. Because there's nothing on them. I was like, yeah, well, that means you don't have a brand. Right. And, and, and these new companies really look at the brand that you have the opportunity to create. 
That's where the content. So essentially, they want to do business with you, even if you know if they want to give you a job. I mean, first thing you want to do is see what you've been able to do. A with resume your is just a list of content that you've created throughout your life. This is facts. That's all it is. I like that one. <laughs> That's all it is. Content is the process of life. Hmm. You understand me? So I'm gonna leave this off with of the story that I tell, and I, I just I told it to my audience before, but I haven't told it to you. And it's more so a story of Steve Jobs talking about Microsoft. Hmm. He said Microsoft was started by the content creators. They was creating these beautiful platforms, softwares, hardware, everything was amazing. Then when a company started to grow, it started to be ran by the sales team. And then the content starts to go down. You understand me? Because they became content. You understand me? And then since the content came down, it became the McDonald's of technology world. Wow. He was really on that helmet. You understand me? He said, this is basically what allowed us to come in and be able to take over. Right. You understand me? Because he was heavy on content, content, content. Right. Let me create this. Then we create this. Then we upgrade this. Then we put this up there. Apple, when it first came out, before Steve Jobs died, was all content. Right. Of course, they was bringing in that revenue and the sales, but that comes with the content. Awesome, yeah. Just constantly created. Now, people do this in their lives. You get to a, a certain point. You created content. I built up my resume, my experience. Now it's time for me to go sell myself to the world. Right. You become content with who you are, right. meaning that you satisfy instead of constantly creating content totally. on top of yourself, right. right? To be able to continuously add more value. Right. So in life, that's why it's important for everybody to understand content versus being content. You hmm. don't want to get to that point where you content. Your life is the right. process you of constantly creating like content. It's like content instead of being content. Yes, sir. Bars. So we got to continue to tap in, man. Bars. Hey, man, I, I, I want to just invite you to come speak at the conference, man. Absolutely. The platform of Builds is really, um, it's very diverse. And I think that your your perspective and your voice will be very much valued. Um, you know, I, I have a killer lineup, man. I got the founder of Trilla, the, the owner of Trilla. I got the, any anyone who's like wooing, wooing influencer marketing. Um, is involved in some capacity, and I think that they'll definitely appreciate the fact that there's an articulate brother out here that that is, is building a brand yeah. and, and a platform, and it's all about you know cross connecting. You know, yeah. what I mean? so without a doubt, man. Let's get a my brother. It's the 26th at the convention saying You got I'm there. All right, for sure. Man, it's been another episode of 19 Keys, the podcast, man. Y'all just got all the keys, man. I hope y'all unlock and start creating your content and don't become content where you are, man. Tap in. That's right. No, man, I got I got all this stuff written down, my brother. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.